The FT. After months of stalemate between President Bashar al-Assad's forces and the rebels trying to topple him, Syria's opposition has made gains in the north and south, most critically in Dara on the southern border with Jordan. But a sudden attack by ISIS, the jihadi group inside Damascus, has reminded the world that this is a three-way conflict. I'm Fiona Simon, and on the line with me from Beirut is Erica Solomon, who's been covering the war in Syria. Erica, could you give us an idea of how the country is divided at the moment and who controls what? Basically, of course, as you know from following the Syrian conflict, territory often changes hands. But what we can sort of generally say is that you have strips of rebel control along the northern and southern borders, where they have access to foreign backers and stuff who can bring them supplies. And in the, a large eastern territory, which is where Syria's oil resources are, we have. The notorious Islamic State militant group, which is controlling large swaths of both Syria and neighboring Iraq, and then along the sort of mountainous coastal range that goes straight into the heart, um, the central part of Syria, we have areas controlled by President Bashar al-Assad. So that's the general breakdown. But within that, and what's critical to the story that we're discussing today, you still have pockets of different groups' control. So ISIS, which had sort of been in a way dormant in the south and around Damascus, is now sort of showing itself in these little pockets, very small pockets of territory that it had in some of the outskirts of Damascus and other parts of southern Syria. What is the military situation in the suburbs of the capital, Damascus? How much of it is controlled by Bashar al-Assad's forces, and how much by the rebels? The central part of the capital, Damascus, is mostly in President Bashar al-Assad's hands. They've heavily fortified the areas that are considered the city center. When you get to the suburbs, there are a few suburbs, mostly in the south and some parts of eastern Damascus, where you see rebel control. And outside of the capital, there's a kind of rural suburb region called the Ruta. It's like a ring, basically, around the core of the city, and that is almost entirely in rebel control. But it's been under a government siege for almost two years, so those people have been in near-starving conditions and almost daily air and artillery raids. So they're very weakened. They've managed to hold on to their presence, but not much more. And then, in addition to that, there are some places where ISIS has control. Just a couple of suburbs. One is called Hajar al-Aswad, and that's a place where they had control for almost a year and had done nothing. Last week, they moved into Yarmouk, which is a nearby suburb, and it's closer to the city center. Why was this such a surprise? Um, they hadn't done anything for a year. They were sitting there basically, with a, a small presence in a nearby suburb and a couple of other towns a little farther out from the capital. So people had thought they were too weak, or maybe they just didn't have any orders yet. And then people weren't expecting them to act at a time when they're seen largely as being on the back foot. The U.S.-led international coalition that is launching airstrikes against ISIS has made gains in neighboring Iraq, and it's managed to. Generally, contain any ISIS advancement in northeastern Syria. So, for them to suddenly move here in an area they were considered not to even be strong was a bit of a surprise. And how did the Palestinians in the refugee camp of Yarmouk become involved, and what's the situation in the camp? 
The humanitarian condition in Yarmouk camp is incredibly dire. In fact, to most Syrians around the country, Yarmouk is a word that's synonymous with the immense levels of human suffering that the Syrian civil war has caused. It's been one of the areas that has suffered under these um, sieges that both sides of the conflict, both the government and the rebels, have imposed on each other. Today, the UN refugee agency that deals with Palestinians, called UNRWA, said that they believe that the families that they normally feed every month are now going hungry, that by this point they've run out of food because of this new siege by ISIS that has made them unable to enter the area. Is there a possibility that the rebels and ISIS could team up to deal a death blow to the regime? I don't think that's a possibility right now. I think that the rebels are largely too invested in fighting ISIS and seeing it as a threat after what happened in other parts of Syria where ISIS basically stole territory from them and forced them out and killed many, many um, rebel fighters. But we will see some groups whose members align with ISIS. So what's happening is there's a lot of frustration amongst rebels who feel that you know they're surrendering to the regime and that their leaders aren't doing enough to stop that. The worst case scenario is that a lot of individual fighters might join ISIS and, and it won't deal a death blow to the regime, but it might mean that ISIS becomes stronger around Damascus, which would be worrying, I think, to the international community. What you might see as well is certain groups working with President Bashar al-Assad's forces. So this is another example of where a small minor conflict like what's going on in Yarmouk can really make the waters very murky in terms of who's aligned with who. Okay, thanks very much, Erica. For more downloads, go to ft.com forward slash podcasts.